episode five. Cinco. Cinco to Cinco to five o. Yep, we're getting close to Cinco de Mayo actually. Now that I think hey, of right. it, so. So this episode is brought to you by Jefferson Market. J Mark. Burritos. Burritos. Eric and I just indulged. We just had two massive burritos from Jefferson Market in we, Ann Arbor. We go fully loaded chorizo, uh, vegetable, and um, potato. Is that what yeah, they, they throw put, in there? They throw in potato in there. This it's, is not paid by Jefferson Market. We just. We just love their burritos. If you're so tuning much. in, and if you're tuning in uh, from Ann Arbor and you haven't gone to Jefferson Market, you're you're kind of blowing it. So cruise over really there, really blowing it over on Jefferson. Um, well, I'm excited today. You know, we're getting more and more like a real show. Uh, I have a couple housekeeping items yeah. to go over before we've, we dive. We've in. almost hit a hundred listens. Okay, overall on every episode. Yep. Okay, well, so uh, out of three, four <laughs> episodes. So yeah, we're right. we're doing great. We're making progress. Uh, First, uh, first housekeeping item up for grabs. Shout out to the barge that's stuck over there in the Suez Canal. Right. That's right. So I'm not going to talk about what on the barge means, but that's, I mean. Why is it stuck? I don't know. I, I'm i not 100% sure why on the details. And also I thought the Suez Canal was in like Central America, South America. like that. So that proves how just completely off the mark right. I am. It's in Egypt. Oh. Yeah. So anyway, shout out to the barge out there. We'll talk to we'll talk more about what on the barge means at some point. Um, and then second piece of housekeeping, I need to make an amendment to our last episode. Embarrassingly, so I was touting my knowledge of the Revolutionary War, and I, uh, you know, provided a quote. Yeah, I from told which my, I I told everyone that how. Oh man, you are it wasn't Thomas Jefferson. First of all, the quote, I didn't hit it right on. The quote is, when you are good to others, you are best to yourself. I was close. What did you say? Uh, when you are good to yourself, you are best to others or something. Okay. But the, the general gist is correct, but it's not Thomas Jefferson. Who is it? Benjamin Franklin. Oh. I'm embarrassed. And honestly, to be 100% honest, I was kind of mad at myself for like 30 minutes after yeah, that I one. Yeah, would be. But it is what it is. Um, let's move <laughs> on. Because we got a guest today that is going to do a lion's share of the talking. And we, <laughs> Eric and I have have met Mr. Planton uh, before, and he is a business partner of one of our business partners, Heidi Pauscher. And um, yeah, we've spent a little bit of time with Terry and we mm-hmm. we love him and we're <laughs> unbelievably excited to have him on and hear what he's got to say. So Terry's joining us uh, on the via phone call. Terry, how are you doing today, man? Pretty good, guys. It's good to hear from you again. Haven't seen you for a year. I know. Because we've been locked up. Right. We, my, my we got a chance memory. to hang out with Terry right before the shutdown. Yep. February, like weeks yeah, there. February 2020, we went to a startup conference with Terry. And, 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 I, and I wore a mask on the, I wore a mask on a plane, on the plane and everybody looked at me like I was weird. Yeah. They oh my God. You're yeah, right. And he, Cause Terry was like, you were one of the few people at the time that was like, guys, this is going to become a thing. And I, the first memory I had with Terry was like, he had these nasal things. And he's like, you got to shove these up your nose. I remember that. I remember that. And we're like, what? He was hooking yeah, up these right. up your nose. That's right. <laughs> yes. Terry, that was a blast. Right. Right. Vitamin C shots up our nose. We had some. We had some fun startup grind conference out there in Redwood City. Um, but yeah, Terry, we, you know, like I said, we we know a little bit about the work that you do with our business partner Heidi. Um, but why don't you why don't you take a little bit of time to kind of brief the audience on like who you are, what you're up to, and and kind of what you're getting after these days. All right. Okay. I'm the old guy. I turned uh, 61 last week. Congratulations. So, uh, Congratulations. Uh, thanks. Thanks. I'm getting closer to 50. Yeah. 51? 61 is a new 40. Come 40. on. Let's be honest. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's right. 
That's right. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, uh, my, my prefer, I'm an economist by trade. Uh, I was an economist in Washington, D.C. for many years and um, a serial entrepreneur. Um, my, my main business is I take startups from idea stage to first round of money. And I have another superpower of getting money out of the federal government, which is also a very good superpower. I'm I'm employing that right now for the school district here in near Pittsburgh. I'm I'm just south of Pittsburgh, and uh, I've I've scooped up probably three million dollars worth of uh, COVID money for high schools around this area right now. So they're uh, they're loving me too. Amazing. That's um, I. I have, I'm, 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 I just realized that I'm the managing partner of four different businesses, which all I'm running out of my, uh, my home office here. And, uh, I have my consulting business with your partner, Heidi, which is called Dynamic Energy Group, which we do electrical grid work and, uh, new technology valuation for, uh, large, uh, utility customers. And then I have a small thing that's called GBF Collective, which is a, uh, uh, an investment syndicate that I put together to invest in the marijuana industry, which is going gangbusters, by the way. Right, um, I have I have another development company called PSEP, which is the Pottstown Sustainable Energy Park, which is a green energy company. And I'm going to wait till the end of this podcast to plug that one. Beautiful. And we just started a new one, which is called Dynamic Energy Investors, and we put a group together to invest in a product, um, a very exciting product called Gridware that has a real shot at um, severely reducing forest fires out in, uh, in the California market. So it's, a, it's an electrical nice. product on the poles, and it's, uh, it's, uh, we're excited about that one. So it's, uh, we're, we, we, I move in and out. I've done, I've done startups in in energy bars and in habanero infused tequila and, and, you know, whatever comes down the the path. I'm, I'm the guy that takes you from, you know, I had adult supervision. I come in and take you from the idea to, okay, this is how we're, this is how it's going to have to work to get money. I love it. I love it. That's, that's, that's my, you exemplify the entrepreneurial. I mean, you know, I mean, obviously that was a great overview, but I do, I remember when we were spending time with you out there in Portola Valley and like, yeah, you know, you were on, Oh, that was fertile ground out there. We, we were, yeah, we were doing we were doing all day at the convention, but you had you would you were popping three or four calls in before we'd even head over to the to the the conference, and then you'd be on the at the conference all day. So I know that you're cranking. I I, I just walked that conference and just fine. I mean, there were so many startups out there that I would have loved to got involved with, but uh, and I actually did get a couple of of calls and tried to push a few things that uh, seeds that I got out of the conference, but uh, it, it's. Um, yeah, it was a it was a it was a good week. It was a fun it was week. A good week. It was a fun week. Well, Terry, you may be sixty one, but you're young at heart, brother. You're you're bringing it home. You, you got the you got the engine that that just keeps going. Um, okay, well, Should Eric, we get the categories. Going? Yeah, let's get the categories going. I'm I'm really excited to see mm-hmm. what kind of story uh, Terry has for us. We've like I said, Eric and I have heard quite a few of Terry's stories, uh, but we're excited to see what he's going to bring to the yeah. table. So, what do we got, Eric? So the backlog is kind of getting pretty big on the guest. Category suggested pulls. categories. Great. Um, Great. This one, uh, number one, is a small lie that snowballed in a big one. That was Jacob. Uh, two is the biggest impact you have made in your career. That was Craig. Um, and then Risa last week did hashtag not prepared. And then four is is by the is by us um, called guns blazing. And that one's that one is a little bit difficult to understand or describe. 
uh, unless you kind of know who Adam and I are. It just means people are coming at you. Guns blazing. Yeah. Maybe you're in hot water. Maybe you did something you shouldn't have done. Maybe you did what you were supposed to do, but people are still mad at you. That happens. But um, They barge into your office with their guns blazing. Yeah, exactly. So, Terry, from what I know about Terry, I think, I don't know. I think that I'm not going to be very good at guessing here, but I'm going to guess that Terry is going to go with a, a lie that's, you know, a small lie that snowballed into a big lie. Okay. Terry, what do you got for us today? What, what category well, are you doing? I was going to do that one, but I have a better story and hashtag not prepared. I love okay. it. Okay. Rooting, so I'm going to go Adam's with that. Percentages. I'm going to go with that. All right, my man. Take it away. Let's hear it. Well, you know what? I did have an early story. I want to do a quick one on a, a topic you did with uh, Craig with okay. the uh, the family history stuff. Okay, right? perfect. Which we had a lot. You had a lot of because see, you know what I realized? I listened to your first uh, your in you know, the first four podcasts, and I realized you got to have a lot of doctor connections. One of you is a, a son of a doctor, right? Yeah, that's me. That's right. And then and then you had a doctor on Marge, the first one. Correct. Mm-hmm. You yeah. had. Um, the second one you had uh, that was uh, family history that yeah that described the uh, that described his grandparents being doctors. Terry, I'm honored that you listened his, to all yeah, of our episodes. Of I love it. You're, and you're and then and then and then and then Krager was a son of a doctor too, I believe. Yeah, yeah he was. That's he right. I, I haven't even so drawn that. I, I drawn did that not grow up. I did not grow up as a son of a physician. Right. <laughs> um, my background was a bit on the modest side. My father died when I was 17. I have a twin brother. And, um, and uh, you know, when I got, everybody thinks that the Great Recession was in 2008. It wasn't. It was in 83, 82, 83. You know, this, the 2008 recession, we had national unemployment of about 9%. In the 83 recession, we had national unemployment at 10.5%. And here in Pittsburgh, that was when the steel industry collapsed. We had unemployment of 22.5%. Wow. So no one had a job. And that was when I was graduating grad school. So I got no interviews out of grad school. I did have one interview with a, with a company, uh, a tire company. And when I got to the interview, he said, we have no jobs, but they made me come to this uh, job fair anyhow. So if you want to leave, you can. And I said, well, no, how about I interview just for practice? But that was the only interview I got. And McDonald's. I had an interview by McDonald's. And that was the only two interviews I got. At. I have a master's degree in international economics, and that's the only two interviews I got. And so when I got, when I got hired, I was laying in bed. I had just closed my checking account that day because I only had $10, and I didn't want to pay the monthly service charge. So I had $10 in my wallet, and I'm thinking, geez. And uh, I got a call, and this woman says, um, and I'd sent 300 resumes out, right? And this woman calls me and says, uh, I just want to know if you were still interested in a job with the USITC. And my response was, I'm 23 years old. I go, okay, I give up. What is the USITC? Right. And uh, <laughs> it was the International Trade Commission. And that's actually the job I got. And I went to Washington as a trade economist at the, and doing trade litigation cases in, in, you know, in, in the capital. So it, uh, so I'm moving now to Washington, D.C. My twin brother is unemployed, so he's just going to go with me. My mother, who has gone back to work at age 58 to put us through college. And, you know, and when my father died that year, I got my first introduction to business. I, I had to do the tax return. And you know, I was 17. I had to figure out how to do the taxes. And I still have the return. He made $11,100 that year. And uh, uh, he, uh, 
that in the previous year before he died. And then, uh, and so we were, you know, and, and you inflate that to current dollars, uh, that was about $48,000. So my parents were raised in a family of four on $48,000. And, uh, so my mother gave us each $300 to move to Washington, DC. And I had a, and I had one of my father's old suits cut down to fit me. That, that's what I moved and started my career with. I love it. And so we're driving to we're, we're driving to Washington D.C. My brother and I, and we have to stop on the Turnpike, Pennsylvania Turnpike, for something. And I go to get something out of the trunk and open the trunk up, and there's a pair of golf clubs, set of golf clubs in the trunk. And I go back and I say, Jeff, well, where does golf clubs come from? He said, Well, Mom, give me the three hundred dollars tonight. I buy myself some golf clubs. Come on, Jeff. Jeff. Yeah. So, so this leads to this leads to a fist fight on the uh, on the Pennsylvania Turnpike. But that's epitome of my brother. He's a no fear guy. He had no fear that he was getting a job when we got there. He didn't even have the job. I had the job, and um, Terry, he got a job. A that, I've got a big question for you. Did when mm-hmm. you got to DC? Did you and your brother ever swap roles and pretend to be the other person? No, you, 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 I'm, I, I was already bald and a, uh, a full mustache. My brother has a full head of hair. Okay. He's four inches taller and I'm 70 pounds heavier. Okay. Okay. All right. So it wouldn't have lined so up. The yeah. Yeah. Really yeah. No, we, we win, we win, we win bets and bars all the time. And the, Hey, that's my twin brother over there. And, uh, you know, and, uh, but uh, yeah, so he got a job within a week. Within a year, he had been hired by uh, EDS when those in, the, those in the Ross Perot days. And he stayed at EDS for 35 years, which they got acquired by, he became an executive vice president of EDS. They got acquired by HP, he was vice president of HP. And he routinely turned down, he, he routinely brought down 500K a year. Right. And uh, that's from, moving with $300 and he spent, I think, $180 on a pair of golf clubs, a set of golf clubs right. before he, he even uh, he got into the market. It also costs money to go out and go to the golf courses too, right? So it's like a... It's yeah, a yeah, he's, gonna... <laughs> yeah. He's a successful guy. So that's, that's my, that's a family history one, but I want to go to my hashtag not prepared. Okay, let's do it. Because I, I, I'm an international guy, I travel a lot, and I had a, a, a startup, and we were doing, uh, we were trying to set up an energy auction business. We did set up an energy auction business, but we were trying to move it to a, a market in Bulgaria. We were going to set up an auction for uh, green credits way before there were even green you know, uh, carbon credits out there. This was when the Kyoto Protocol came out and each country got an allocation in Europe of credits. And because of the way the Soviet Union had uh, negotiated, their block of countries got uh, uh, extra credits. Okay. And we were going to try to deal those off in Bulgaria with an auction, right? And so uh, I'm in Bulgaria and I'm going to go to Bulgaria. And this is, I've been there about three or four times, so I, I know where I'm going. Remind us what, and, year, remind but, us what year this is, Terry? This is uh, about, let's see, would have been about 2004 or five. Okay, okay. Okay, about 15 years ago. And so I'm driving from Pittsburgh to Washington, D.C. to catch a flight so that I don't have to have three transfers to get to, because Bulgaria is not the easiest place to get to. So I'm going to go from Washington, D.C. to Berlin and Berlin into, uh, into Bulgaria, Sofia, Bulgaria. 
So I'm driving to Washington, D.C., and I get about halfway there, and I decide to stop for a coffee. And I realized, and they asked me, it's a dollar. It's at McDonald's. And I think it was 79 cents. And I reach for my wallet, and I don't have my wallet with me. I have my plane ticket. I have my, I have my uh, uh, passport. But I have no money and no credit cards. I got to fish through the seat cushions of the car to find the 79 cents to pay for the coffee. I have no time Uh-oh. to drive back to, to, to Pittsburgh and get my wallet. So I keep moving. I call my partner, you know, what should I do? And he goes, this is a time when American Express used to run these commercials where they would get your card in, you know, bumfuck Egypt. And so it was like, uh, okay, so why don't you just call American Express and tell them you lost your card and you're going to be in Sofia, Bulgaria tomorrow. Can they get you a card in Bulgaria? Easy, easy. It's a good idea. Why not? Yeah. Called them. Oh, no problem, Mr. Plant. They gave me the address. I knew the address in Bulgaria. My hotel was like, you know, two blocks away. And walk over there. We're going to have a card for you in our American Express office in Sofia, Bulgaria tomorrow. I figure, ah, heck, I'm leaving the country. I leave the country with not an, I'm going to leave the country without a nickel in my pocket and no ID, just my passport, no credit cards, nothing. So I call my brother and tell him this plan, and he thinks I'm an idiot. So he uh, meets me at the airport, and he gives me whatever they would give him out of the bank machine at the time. It was $300. Okay. So he, I put the $300 in my pocket, and I fly to Bulgaria. Did you buy golf clubs? So, <laughs> No, I did not. I did not. Uh, uh, but I, I, I did worse with the money. I, I did way worse. So I, I'm now in Bulgaria, and I'm taking this guy who's this entrepreneur that has this auction platform, and he's kind of a cowboy. One of those guys where every time you're with him, something bad happens. Like you're, he's a dangerous man, as we would say. So he, uh, I'm with this guy who's a Bulgarian guy. He lived in um, he lived in Gettysburg, so he was he was an American, but he you know he born and raised in Bulgaria. And another Bulgarian guy, and the four of us go out, and they're laughing at me because I have you know no ID or anything, and. So I leave my passport in a hotel because God forbid I would get robbed or something and I would have nothing to prove my name, you know? And then, uh, so, um, it's getting late and this guy is the, the cowboy is buying liquor like indiscriminately. And so now it's about midnight and we got a meeting with the, literally with the finance minister in the morning. So I'm trying to get this guy home and I'm walking him back down the street and we pass a strip club and he wants to go in and it's, after midnight and the one Bulgarian guy says, look, I'm out. I I've been in this place before. This is no good. This is bad news. And he leaves. So me and the, the, the American Bulgarian go in with the cowboy and, and pretty soon there are, uh, you know, 10, 19 year old Russian broads all over us. And, uh, and it wasn't even a lot of debauchery. I mean, this wasn't not, this was even the worst strip club I've been, you know, like, I mean, you know, there was a, a flash of a boob oh. here and there, but nothing, you know, there nothing was no, crazy. you know, not there a was a lot of debauchery, nothing, nothing. Yeah. Not a lot of debauchery. And so I was trying to get this guy out of this club, you know, and we're there for about an hour and I'm talking to the seal and I said, look, we got to get this guy out of here. Rich, Cause rich was bad news. He really was a bad news guy. And meanwhile, the epilogue of this is Rich's company goes public and he gets thrown out of the company for sexual harassment, but he leaves with a $30 million parachute because even the wicked get rewarded <laughs> sometimes. Right? And so, uh, 
they come over with the bill and they hand me the bill and they said, well, yeah, your bill is uh, $1,500 U.S. dollars. We've been in there an hour. Oh, no. So I start MFing them, you know, and the Bulgarian jumps up and says, no, no, no. These guys are Russian mob. Of course. We got to shut up. Yeah, we got to pay. Right. And my goodness. Okay. So there it's it's a shakedown. Right. And so the the Cowboys throws out a card and says, ah, this is on me. Ah, you, You know, and he puts out the card and, you know, it gets refused from a strip club in Bulgaria at 2.30 in the morning. Surprise, surprise. Right. right. Yep. So he's yelling and ah, get a phone. I'm calling the bank. And he calls this bank at 2.30 in the morning. And, you know, they're quizzing him. What's your name? What's your mother's maiden name? What's your social security number, house number? And he's fumbling. He's drunk and he's fumbling. Yeah, right. He's not, and so he's I not take clear. the phone off him. No, I take the phone off him. I said, look, uh, my, my friend here is a little intoxicated. Just what information do you need? She said, none. The card's canceled. None hangs up on me. <laughs> oh, no. So. Quite a pickle. You know, he, yeah, no, yeah, exactly. And um, what's going? And, uh, what's going through so, your mind right, right when that? When well, you that it's well, it got worse. He he says, well, you know, I got money back at the hotel, and I'll pay these guys off. And so the Bulgarian talks to him. He, he spoke Russian. He talked to him, and uh, he comes back to me. He says, "Tear, uh, they're going to let me take Rich up to the hotel to get the money, but." Uh, you, they want some money before we leave, and you got to stay as a hostage. You're a collateral hostage in this situation? Yeah. So now I have to take <laughs> the $300 out of my pocket and give them to these Russian mobsters. Now I have no money. Oh, right? So I give them the $300 to let them let it, let him take, and I have to stay with these mobsters, right? And so now it's getting serious. Yeah. Right? And, uh, so they take me up to the bar and the girls are going, Hey, Petty, Petty. And I'm going, you know, I've, I'm, I'm trying to get out of this place. And now my mind is thinking it's a basement bar and there's a mezzanine with a bathroom. I'm thinking I could ask to go to the bathroom and then just come charging out of the bathroom and try to get through the front door. Oh. And, you know, and these are how you know, your minds. And the guy comes up to me and he says, hey, relax, relax. You want a drink? Get him a drink. And I go, I'll take a water. <laughs> you know, and they give me a bottle of water. And uh, he says, uh, could I ask you a question? I says, yeah. He goes, Teddy, do, do you have a knife or a gun? I says, no, no, I, I, I don't have any weapons at all. He goes, oh, that's good. And he bends me over the bar and he frisks me. Yeah. I'm a- now it's really serious. Now it's really serious. So I'm sitting there for like 20 minutes, and and right before Vasile left, I took I looked at him straight in the eye because he had a brand new baby at home. He lived in, you know. I said, "Look, if you don't come back for me, and I get out of this, I will go to Gettysburg and burn down your house." I <laughs> said, so "You have no idea what I'm capable of." And so he comes showing back in, no rich. Okay. And he says, talks to them. He comes back. He says, "Hey, uh, when I got rich back to the." hotel he forgot the hotel safe and i finally got the combination out of him and he only had 300 us in there and and uh had 200 canadian i brought it but they don't want the canadian and uh so so they've got 600 now we still own yeah they got 600 now out of us and they said they said if we give them 400 dollars more they'll let us out they'll let us go so the seal 
I don't have a credit card. I don't have ID. Now I don't have anything in my pocket. My pockets are completely empty. I'm in a strip club being held by Russian mobsters at three o'clock in Sofia, Bulgaria. And you have an important meeting tomorrow. Oh you? yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I got a, I got a meeting with the finance minister in five hours. <laughs> and I says, look, um, look, Basile, I said, do you have a credit card? Give him the credit card and let him take cash off. He goes, look, I don't even know if I got $400 limit on my credit card and I'll be leaving Ginny at home with a new baby and no money. She'll kill me. I said, oh, no, Ginny's just going to be really pissed off. Yeah. These guys are going to kill us. Right. That's right. Yeah. So he, 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 gave them the, he gave them the credit card. They were able to charge $380. So now they got $980 out of us. And they throw us out in the street at 3 o'clock in the morning. And I have to walk like eight blocks back to my hotel because I don't have cab fare now. Yeah. And cabs are like a nickel in Bulgaria, you know. And uh, you knew so where going. I have – yeah, well, no, I, I, I was familiar with the city. I'd been there three or four times. So then the next morning I get up, I go to the meeting, and then I say, I got to get to this American Express because I got to get my credit card. And I walk into the American Express office, and they don't know who I am or what I'm talking about. Or why you're there, of course. And, right. Yeah, and I spend the next seven days in Bulgaria with meetings every day, and I got to walk to them. Because I don't have any credit cards. And the only reason why they let me check in the hotel is that I had been there four times before. They had my stuff on file and they recognized me and they just said, are you using the same card? And I said, yes. <laughs> and so they let me check in without a card. And I had to eat all my meals at the hotel with no chance of paying this bill at the end of the week because I have nothing with me. And so I ended up going to finding a uh, online, on, I found a number for American Express, uh, like an emergency travel number in Berlin, and I called there, and they eventually uh, got the hotel on the phone and paid my bill, and then they Western Union me. That's how long ago this was. They Western Union me a uh, $500 advance because, you know, when I got back to Washington, D.C., I had no, no way to get my car out of the parking lot. Right. Yeah. You know, so I had to pay cash. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So, so the, yeah. the Western Union Graham came in cash and that's what finally came to you in Bulgaria. Well, you, you, what, what yeah, you, you get it wired, you get it wired to you and they, then they give you cash, you know? So it, I had to find a Western Union office in Bulgaria to, uh, to get, you know, used to be able to wire money, you know, and, uh, wire money directly cash to, uh, to an individual. And that's what I did. And I got out of, you got out of there yeah, alive. At, Hashtag unprepared. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm so happy that Terry took hashtag unprepared. This is amazing. Hashtag not prepared. <laughs> That's the wildest story ever. I'm gonna tell so many people about this. You're our cowboy, Terry. You got. You know. You know yeah. cowboys. You're. You're Eric and I's cowboy. We'd love to get into a situation <laughs> like that with you at some point. <laughs> yeah, that's not the first. Though. That's the problem. And it probably that, that you probably know the other. <laughs> No, and that, that's what my buddy used to always say. The problem with our stories is they're true. Yeah, you know, yeah. and, uh, <laughs> Can't fake that. Yeah. I, I, no, I've left the country with less than $10 in my pocket a number of times. Yeah. I mean, and a, just a, yeah. after that? Or just not paying attention. Oh, yeah. Not paying attention. So, you know, like, oh, I didn't get any money. You didn't well, learn I'll just your use lesson my card when I got there. <laughs> you liked it. No, not really. Not really. <laughs> Um, I love it. Yeah, you know, I'm a big, I'm a big international guy. I've been to 39 countries now. And, wow, uh, that's quite. And the, that's it, quite this the list. isn't. 
Yeah, that's it's a uh, and some of them, you know, when I when I moved back to Pittsburgh after being in D.C. for that long, I um, I decided I was going to slow my life down because, I, you know, I was really crazy in Washington. And then I came here and then you go as an entrepreneur again. Right now, I'm going to go hang out my own shingle and be an individual consultant and just, you know, wing it. And so, you know, you don't slow down. I, I did a bunch of jobs. I win every one of them. Um, I was privatizing the uh, the uh, Botswana telephone company in Southern Africa. I was working out of Cairo. I had a deal going in Paris. And But in the next 12 months, the first 12 months I was here in, in, in Pittsburgh, um, I did 13 international trips in 15 months. And in a 12-month period, I walked on the Great Wall of China. I saw the pyramids of Egypt, the ruins of Cartha and Tunis. Um, I took my daughter on a safari in Bulgaria, uh, Botswana, I should say, and crossed the Namibia border and saw Victoria Falls in Zambia. I, uh, I, I one time I was bitching because I got stuck in Paris overnight. I couldn't get, I was a Friday night and I couldn't get a flight out until Sunday. So I had to spend a Saturday alone in Paris. And I chose to spend that Saturday sitting in the Louvre, reading a book in front of the Venus de Milo. Oh, and I sat there and thought, you know, you're being extremely arrogant here because a lot of people would have gave their eye teeth for today. Right. And, uh, you know, you get jaded when you're on the road like that. And, yeah. you know, airports start all looking the same. Right. Yeah, I can imagine. I can add. Well, I mean, my, the conclusion I draw from that is that it sounds like we're going to have to have Terry back on the show at some point. Yeah. We're going to have to have another story. We're going to need some stories that have <laughs> just a little bit more debauchery. Yeah. Right. The hijinks. Terry, yeah. we, we're going to have to get you out yeah. to Ann Arbor soon, too. Now that we're done with the forum campus. I know. You were involved in a lot yeah, of the planning yeah, that, that. We want you to come check it out sometime soon. We know you're busy. but Okay. We're only at, we're, we're only at, uh, at 25. Let me give you a, a three minute faking it till we're making it. Okay, let's do all it. Right, because, let's do it. All right, because I've been I've been an entrepreneur, but one time I you know I, I, I related to Craig's uh, uh, podcast with you that he went to corporate America when, um, and I did the same thing at one point when I, I had I gotten married, and I had a startup, and it was um, and I was partnered with a bipolar manic depressive, which is a, really a challenge. Yeah, I can imagine. And he um, and then my wife started a startup. Right. And hers was a cash cow. And, you know, you have two startups in the family. That's probably one too many. Yeah. And so I decided, well, I'm going to go get a corporate job. And I went into this big corporation, this $3 billion corporation. But when I got there, I learned a whole new thing about non-competes. And I couldn't call any of my old clients. And so I had to start like a, me and a buddy went there and we're basically cold calling inside this big corporation. We had no work. And so um, he, um, they wouldn't let you put, you know, a fake title on your card, but they would let you start what was called a center. And you could be the director of the center. And so I invented a center called the Center for Economic and Financial Analysis, CIFA. And it was just me and this guy. You know, we, we just made this whole thing up and, and just, you know, just, it was completely contrived, right? And we got these cards that said we were running, you know, SAIC's 
Center for Economic and Financial Analysis, and I was the director, and he was the chief economist. It sounds great, and that's what we did. Yeah, it sounds great. So <laughs> we still didn't have we still didn't have any work, right? And so this is this is in like 1997. So there was no in, the internet was you know just a just starting up, and we um, we we heard that there was a guy that was going to be uh, given a lecture on the true cost of computing. It was this guy, Paul Strassman. And if you ever look Paul Strassman up, this guy's a legend. He started the computer business at Xerox in like 66. And then he went to IBM and he started the consulting business at IBM. He was the guy that they went from just being the hardware guys to also providing, you know, consulting services. Right. And he went on at the time when we saw him there in, in 97, he was uh, chief information officer for NASA. All right. Now, he was going to give this talk in, in this in, a, in what was called a VTC, a video teleconferencing center, because there was no Internet. And he would get up and they would they would film it. You know, they would uh, broadcast it. It was broadcast to six other centers around the company, uh, you know, throughout the U.S. And there were, you know, this was a big deal. And. Well, what we didn't know, that it was only open to group managers and above. So, you know, the 50 or 60 people that were running the company. And we didn't know. We just walked in, you know, and that's the other thing. You're faking it. You walk in and, like, you own the place and sit down in the front row, and nobody usually challenges you, you know. So we're sitting there in the front row. And so this guy starts giving the uh, talk, and about the fifth slide in, and we know this stuff. This is the... This is the economic analysis, this is the value computing stuff where instead of just saying, well, how much is this hardware? It's, you know, calculating the true cost and the true value, you know. So my partner starts heckling this guy in slide number three, right? And the guy is answering the questions, but we're, he's going, yeah, yeah, I know I should, could have did it this way, but... I cut a corner here um, because I wanted to try to make it, you know, a little bit more, you know, um, you know, easy to easy to understand. And 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 as we go along, by slide number eight, he is firmly just giving the presentation to the two of us because we're really the only two that fully understand. And now we have this rapport going with him throughout his presentation, right? So at the dinner break. People come up to us and say, boy, you guys understand this stuff. And we said, well, yeah, we run uh, CIFA, the Center for Economic <laughs> and Financial Analysis. Maybe you've heard of us. And uh, they would go, yeah, I think I have. A, yeah, we're in, the, we're in this sector, blah, blah, blah. And uh, we get $600,000 worth of contracts at the dinner break. Oh my goodness! And we're off and running. Well, <laughs> we hire four. We hear four right people. <laughs> we have we hire four people the next day. We ended up turning it into a four million dollar a year economic. CIFA became four million dollars and forty employees by like two years later. So it's a <laughs> yeah, it was a, That's a great it, business dude. idea. Confidence is confidence is eighty percent. So I said. took three topics, three topics in thirty minutes, guys. This is good for you. Yeah, it, it's great you for know? us. It's it, like I said too. It's a good reflection on just who you are. You embodied the entrepreneur. You know, you hit you hit us hard with three, and you were efficient in your storytelling too. 
No room for I love it. For any questions or changes. Uh, Eric, we, you and I got to come up with a little business that's, uh, you know, just uh, something like CIFA and just, you know, tell people. Let's just oh, make yeah, a name up and then, yeah. and then walk you abri- into a lecture and abbreviate it like that and then just, you know. I thought say, that's what you were doing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Terry, you're the man. We appreciate it. We got to get you, like we said, we got to get you up to Ann Arbor here soon. We'll do another episode where you're in the studio with us. Um, we'll have a beer or two before we get rolling. I'd and, love that. Yeah. I'd love that. Oh, that'd be great. And for we'll the 100th episode? Yeah, something like that some, for the for the triple-digit episode. But, um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Terry, why don't you take, before we before we close it down here, why don't you take a couple minutes to plug what you're doing um, and what you're focusing on right now? Yeah, my, that was my fourth business running out of here is the, PSEP, the Pottstown Sustainable Energy Park, which is a, we're going to do a gasification plant. This is a big one out uh, in Pottstown, Pennsylvania, north of Philadelphia. It's about $160 million, I hope, maybe maybe $180 million venture. We're going to take commercial residual waste, which is, we have 53 Fortune 500 companies that are willing to give us their paper, cardboard, and wood off their off the manufacturing process. We're going to pelletize it into wood, wood pellets, and then we're going to take the pellets and we're going to gasify them and we're going to make renewable diesel, green diesel. Oh, I love it. And we're going to probably, Amazing. we're going to do about 100, we're going to remove 176,000 tons of materials out of Pennsylvania landfills, and we're going to produce almost 14 million gallons of renewable diesel. Oh, my goodness. And, Sorry, those uh, metrics are amazing. Oh, I love that. I love it. It's moving it. forward. It's moving forward. Yeah, it's, it. It, and it's it's a good, it's a good, it's all, it's no missions. It's all like no incineration. It's all just a closed loop system. Uh, all the manufacturers are big boys and uh, the, uh, and they're, they're trying to, they, we help them too because they're having difficulty selling in Europe because there aren't many landfill free options in the United States. Right. And, right. you know, one of, uh, you know, some of these people, even Walmart is requiring them to be 80% landfill free. And that's a difficult metric to get to for some of these big corporations. And so we're, we aid the economy. We're going to add a hundred jobs to the Pottstown area and uh, about a $7 million payroll. And, uh, it's, it's, uh, that's awesome. And if I can just get if I can just get my DP permits and uh, I'm I that was five meetings this morning of, about permits and and uh, building, but it's um it's a massive facility. They just came out with a design. We're gonna have a single building that's three hundred and forty feet across and four hundred and twenty five feet deep. Yes. So it's a that big, a big boy. That's a that's big a big, boy. big thing under hundred fifty thousand square feet under under roof. So it's a it's yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting, it. and that's what I'm doing now. And uh, I've been working on that for about a year. That's my latest, my latest venture, and uh, I'm, I'm I think it's going to go. Well, maybe the permit office yeah. will hear this podcast and your and your story and, and try to move it along for you. Along a yeah, bit. right. Whistle. Terry, do you yeah. have a uh, theme for the next guest? Oh, would yeah? Would you like to throw in a theme I, in the? In you the know what? I didn't think about. Okay, I, I have a. I'm thinking one right now is the. The most interesting place I've ever been. Yeah. Okay. Terry, I love it. Terry shoots from the hip. Yeah. That's where you're born. You're born to shoot from I, the hip, I, Terry. You're the man. You're the man. Well, too we're big. Much, we're we're, we're big sustainable people here at Forum too. So I mean, just like you said, I mean, you're what you're doing now is gonna it's gonna stimulate the economy and get jobs, but it's also good for the for the globe. And it's I think that's what's here. most important. Oh yeah, right it, it, it's it's really green. It's a really green process, and it uh, it's. It's, uh, we also make a biochar, which is like a carbon sequestration, uh, uh, play. And, um, we're going to move that into, 
this will be a soil enhancer and stuff. It, it adds, it adds a lot to the environment and uh, we're, uh, yeah, we're excited. Great. I love it. I love it. Well, I guess that's it for our podcast today. More of the story is maybe if you have the choice between buying golf clubs and paying rent, maybe you should just, the choice is yours. Maybe you should just buy the golf clubs. Yeah, maybe Terry, you're the man. We appreciate it, brother. We'll have you in the, uh, in the studio sometime soon. Okay. Take care. Keep killing it out All there right. in Pittsburgh, brother. Thanks, guys. Yep. Cheers.